0: We're talking about the Holy Spirit and Him as a guiding presence. And as we started three weeks ago, this will be our fourth week, as we started talking about Him, I really started showing you in Scripture, I wanted you to get into the Scripture and realize the importance of the Holy Spirit, realize His role is on this earth, Jesus has left, the promise of the Father, we talked about about that some last week, the promise of the Father has come. And the promise of the Father is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, when I say the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there may be some in here that have heard that term and you don't even understand it. Some of you may have been in a church that preaches it and teaches it, but you may learn some things this morning that you didn't know yet. Others may have never been around it, maybe never even heard the term, and you're like, well, what is that? All right? And so we're going to be talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. We're going to show you in Scripture that it is for you, that it is for me, and it's for everybody else that's out there that is a Christian that is willing to receive that baptism into their life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. In the Scriptures, we see consistently over and over that there are three baptisms. Okay? Everybody probably knows one of them, right? Baptism in water, right? You're baptized when you go into water. But before that, there's the baptism of the blood or the baptism of of, of the whole, this is of the Holy Spirit, not in the Holy Spirit, but of the Holy Spirit when we come to Jesus through repentance salvation. That's a, that's a baptism. And then the third that that we're going to really focus on today is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now understand that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not third because it's least It's third because it's the third thing that that can happen. You have to repent, right? And you are baptized. That is a commandment. That that is a command. It's not, I'll I'll get baptized in water if I decide that I want to. No. He says, repent and be baptized. He wants you to be baptized. We know, and we'll we'll see this in a little bit, that Jesus himself was baptized in water. Now, he didn't have to repent because he was perfect. You know, we'd use the term born again, right why do we use the term born again the reason we use the term born again as a christian is because we are imperfect we have problems we have sin in our life and we have to be born again and it is it is when we're born again that we then have have a track to heaven that we then can can be in heaven with the lord one day when we're born again jesus didn't have to be born again he was born perfect you see when we get to heaven no, no sin can enter into heaven well so so how do we get into heaven we were, we're born again. The blood of Jesus washes over us. We sing songs about that, right? Oh, the blood of Jesus, right? Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. So when he comes over us, he washes us white as snow. And so Jesus didn't have to have that. But he was baptized in water. And we're, gonna, we're also going to see in a little bit that he, was, he didn't even start his ministry until the Holy Spirit came on him. So. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 13 says, For as the body is one and has many parts, and all the many parts of that one one, uh, one body are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we are Jew or Gentiles, whether we are slave or free, and we have all been made to drink one Spirit. So many parts but we're all baptized into one body, okay? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Now, that is when we talk about baptism into one body, baptism into salvation, okay? That's the blood that comes over us. Then in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 19, he says this, Then Jesus came and spoke to them, Saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, this is the baptism in water. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me, so go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, if you ever wonder when you get baptized, if you've ever heard a preacher say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this is the scripture. This is one of those scriptures where, now, when I baptize, I'll say this just to cover it all because some people have this thing about Jesus. So, I'll say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Okay? And so, when I baptize, that's what I normally say. But this is water baptism. So, then the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we see here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, that John is speaking. And this is, again, this is before Jesus started his ministry, and and realize Jesus' ministry didn't last the whole time he was here. He didn't go out and preach. He didn't go out and heal. He didn't go out and do all these things. He did this for a very short time. About 10% of his life was doing ministry. You know, some of us, uh, some some of the times, we we rush into something. We go, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that before we pray about it. You know, Jesus took time the, the Lord was with Jesus already he, he was of, of course God but he took time to get to the point when it was right so if you if the Lord has called you to a ministry okay and I know some of you talk to me I believe that the Lord has called me to do something well if the Lord's called you to the ministry and it hasn't happened just yet be patient, okay? Continue to pray and continue to say, God, I know that you've given me a desire. You've given me a vision. You've given me a passion for over this. Now, let me just spend time with you. And as I spend time with you, God, I want to, I want to get closer and closer to you so that one day when I am ready, when you see that I'm ready for that ministry or, or maybe the other people that I need to be ministered to are ready, then I will do it, okay? So don't, don't get too big of a hurry. Understand that God has got it right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is, as the old song says. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, he says, I indeed baptize, this is John, I baptize you with water to repentance. We talked about that, repentance, right? But he who is coming after me is mightier. He's greater than I am. He's greater than John the Baptist, whose shoes I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, okay, so who was he speaking to here? Well, he was speaking to everybody. Well, you know, there was 120 in the upper room in, in Pentecost. Well, uh, how many times, I don't know, the, the Scripture doesn't record how many times Paul said this to other people. But at this point, he's speaking to everybody who's around him. At that time, he's saying, hey, yeah, I'm baptizing you water to repentance. All right? So you're repenting. You're saying, Saying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I baptize you to water of repentance. But one who is coming after me is mightier than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, he is Jesus, and we'll see that, that. He is Jesus. Now, I want you to really listen to this. I'm going to give you a little bit of understanding of the Gospels. So, you may have read the Bible, but it's always good to know more about the Bible so you can understand. I t- say this all the time know the text. Know the text, know the context so you, that you're not conned by the text. So that we have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic, synoptic Gospels, okay? So if you read those Gospels, they all uh, have a lot of the same stuff. Not everything in it is exactly the same, but they all have a lot of the same information in it, okay? So that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then, e- even though they all have a lot of the same information, and you could If you uh, have a, I've got a Bible, one of those um, chronological Bibles, and you get to reading it, and you read, and it's like, you know, because it keeps you in order of how, of what the timing is, and when it was written, and you read it, and you flip, oh, there, there we go, I'm in Mark, okay, I'm over here, I'm over here, there, there we go, and you see that as you flow through and read through the Bible, but understand this, just because they had a lot of the same stuff, these these books were written to different audiences. It's great that we have them. But Matthew was written to the Jewish people. Luke was written to the Greek, uh, Greek people. Mark was written to a Roman audience. And then John, he was written just to everybody. Anybody could read that. It's, it's all about the love of the Lord. Now John, and I, bear with me here, okay? I know i am not got your scripture here, but I'm just trying to help set this up for you to understand a little bit better. John was... Uh, Covers the first two years of Jesus' ministry. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they focus on the last year of Jesus' ministry, okay? So, so we have that th- th- around three years there that Jesus was out ministering that he's covering. And, uh, and as I said a minute ago, remember that Jesus didn't minister all his life. The Bible says that if everything that Jesus did, if everything that was done was put in books, we wouldn't have enough, we wouldn't have enough books to carry. everything that he did while he was here see i don't really know where jesus was the whole time he was here for all we know he was zipping everywhere going and touching people and healing people there we only have a short small part and you know i want to say thank you lord because i don't have enough time to read even that many more books if you went through every one of those books it would it would take forever to get through them so praise god that he gave us what we needed another thing that you need to understand about the scripture is that what the holy spirit spoke into these men for them to pin right? Who's the author of the scriptures? It's not Paul. It's not John. It's not Mark. The author is the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture tells us. But when he, he did that, when, when the Holy Spirit came in and he did that, he made sure that what we need is right here. So we do not have to add to it and we don't need to be taken away from it. And sadly enough, there's a lot of people who want to add to it and they want to take away from it because they're biased. Because of what they want. Because, oh, you know, like one preacher said, he said, the, what I grew up in, in the church, what I grew up in and what I was taught, was not correct. He says, I was indoctrinated this way. He says, but it's not even in Scripture. It's just because this preacher wanted it to be that way. And it didn't keep you from salvation And there is a a lot of grace out there for us, but that's why I like to give you a lot of Scripture when I teach and preach so that you can say, whoa, wait a minute, it is in the Bible. It's not just something that Adam's making up up here. This is Scripture. Because if you ever have to combat Satan, if you ever have to have a discussion with somebody, the easiest and best way to have a discussion is with another person is to be able to say, well, here's what the scripture says. And if the devil's coming up against you and he's, he's attacking you, it, just like Jesus did, what did he do? He said, hey, here's what scripture says. The same thing is what we could do. We could say, hey, here's what scripture says. Not what I say, but here's what scripture says. So we have, we have these guys that, that uh, have wrote these four, that have, have penned these four books. And there are only five things that are repeated in these four books, five total things that that I know of. And if I, if I'm wrong on that, if somebody finds something else that's different than that, please tell me. But five things that are not that are repeated in all four books. So the first three books have a bunch of stuff that's repeated, and then John over here he does his own thing. And there's five things in these four books that are all repeated. So one is Jesus' birth. I think that's pretty important. Don't you think so? it's important, right? Jesus' birth. Jesus' death is repeated in these four books. I think that's pretty important. And Jesus' resurrection. Without those three things right there, we don't have salvation. The other thing is the feeding of the 5,000. And then the fifth thing is the baptism in the Holy Spirit is repeated in all four books. So I think that if these things are repeated, then they are important. So as we go into this, understand it is repeated. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is repeated in all four of these books. Mark 1, eight. So we read, uh, just a minute ago, we read Matthew 3.11. And then in Mark 1.8, he says, I indeed have baptized you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then... Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered them all, I and he baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, the strings of whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then John one thirty three. he says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining, this is he who baptizes In the Holy Spirit, so so right here, four the four places in Scripture where He says that He is sending the Holy Spirit, going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. So we have patterns in in the in the uh, in the Scripture. We have patterns that we get saved. Okay, maybe when you got saved, you came down to the front. Maybe you were driving down the road in your vehicle when the Lord convicted you and you heard something on the radio, you got saved. Maybe you got saved on the sidewalk somewhere. Somebody led you to Jesus there. Uh, maybe you were sitting in a seat and the preacher said, uh, stand up or raise your hand or pray this prayer with me today. Maybe one of those ways are the ways you got, that you got saved. But all of us uh, that, have been, that have repented and have asked Jesus to come into our life, we've been saved. But in Scripture, we see this pattern where we get saved then water baptized, and spirit baptized. And these three things are three separate occurrences in your life, okay? And we see this right here in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. What did Peter say? This is Peter talking. Day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of sins. So he said, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then Acts chapter 8, verse 12, see what this says right here. But when they believed Philip, preaching about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now, I want you to think about that. Both men and women were baptized after they repented. Now, here's what's going to happen. If you've read this before, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. Then in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 16, all right, so Philip had preached the kingdom of God the name of Jesus Christ. Men and women came, rep- repented, and were baptized. Verses 14 through 16, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they came down, they prayed for them, That they might receive the Holy Spirit, for still He had come on none of them. They were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here they had not been baptized. This is again a pattern. We look in Scripture. We want to look for these patterns in Scripture. What is it telling us? We repent. We we've been baptized, and then we have the opportunity. We are not required, but we have the opportunity of the baptism in the Holy Spirit in our lives. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. Read that with me. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper regions and came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit? So these are disciples. These are followers of Jesus. These are people who have already repented, okay? He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even uh, heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So he said to them, "Into then, what were you baptized?" He said, "Into John's baptism." That's the baptism of repentance. Remember, Paul said, "John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one coming after him, that is in Christ Jesus." And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. So another t- another point in Scripture where they have, been, they have received and repented, they've been baptized in water, and then they received the Holy Spirit on them. That was uh, Acts chapter 9, 19, verse 1 through 6. You know, it's a really interesting. I was in another church, and they didn't teach about the Holy Spirit hardly at all. I don't know how much they taught. And I was with a couple of people, and they were so on fire for God. But the Holy Spirit was like, they need more. They need more. And I said, okay, God. So I said, hey, would y'all mind coming to the house? I'd like to show you some stuff in the Bible and see what you think about it. And so they came to the house, and I said, I started reading Acts chapter 2, started there, and I said, let me ask you something. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? And they go, we, we've never even been taught about the Holy Spirit. We don't even know the Holy Spirit. I thought, boy, that's so interesting because that's what he just said in, in, in chapter 19. We don't even know. There's, there are churches out there who won't even talk about the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I guess they're scared of the Holy Spirit. What He's going to do in their life? I'm not exactly sure. But it was so interesting because they said we haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit, and I was like, boy, this is this is disappointing. No wonder the Holy Spirit said you need to come over here. And and uh, it was a, an awesome time, an awesome time that we had a prayer together and the Holy Sp- and and they uh, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that day. So. We see the Holy Spirit as witness coming on the people in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19. These are all Scripture. This is not Adam. This is Scripture, okay? Four times in the book of Acts alone. Now, get this. You go, okay. So the day of Pentecost happened and all this other stuff happened. Acts chapter 8 was five years after the day of Pentecost. Five. Not five days. Five years. Then Acts chapter 10 was 10 years after the outpouring at Pentecost. Acts chapter 19 was 25 years after the outpouring at Pentecost. So let's put that in perspective. I'll be 40 next year, so, so 25 minus 40, that would make me uh, 15 years old if I got my math correct right there. Okay, so you get this? 15 years old, if, if the day of Pentecost had happened when I was 15— And I'm off in another area 25 years later before this word gets to me, to these apostles, 25 years later. So God was still moving. The apostle apostle Paul, Peter, John, these guys were moving in the spirit saying, hey, have you, okay, you've heard of baptism, you've heard of repentance, okay, but have you heard of the Holy Spirit? We have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. That's when, when Paul said 25 years later, he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? 1 John v- verse 5, or chapter 5, verse 7 through 8, he says, There are three who testify in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Right? That's the, the Trinity. We talk about the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These are the three that testify on earth. What do they testify of? The supernatural power of God. The, these are the three that testify on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. What do we say? Baptism in, in baptism of the blood, baptism of water, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, we always need to remember that scripture, I'm sorry, I didn't slide that over for you. We always need to remember that scripture is important. And we can read for scripture and we can ask for understanding from the Holy Spirit. We can ask him to give us understanding. Or we can read scripture and we can say, God, I'm gonna read it the way I wanna read it and I'm gonna accept it the way I wanna accept it. But then when we do that, we take the author right out of it. Have you ever heard a maybe a uh, uh, an interview with an author of a book and they say so so when you wrote this what did you exactly mean and it's amazing that we will get we will get into the scripture and we won't even pray i encourage you when you begin to pray or get begin to read your scripture pray say holy spirit will you please speak to me as a will you bring understanding into me now we have a lot of of great helps out there today man amazing there's programs there's the blue letter bible there's there's uh man i I don't know there's a ton i've got a ton in my head so i won't name them all but there's a ton of helps out there to help us understand uh what what was being talked about here especially like talking about manners and customs so we can understand better what the scripture is trying uh, what is what the hearers were hearing so we understand what they were hearing and we don't take it out of context because it makes me think of something okay uh i'm not gonna name names but there was in the, there's a confirmation hearing going on right now for the Supreme Court pick, um, the president's pick for the Supreme Court justice. A question was asked of the Supreme Court justice. Uh, there was a question asked of him, and he answered the question according to what had happened in a case that he oversaw. So what, what happened was the senator up there took... His answer and edited, the end, uh, edited the start of it off, that put it in a context, and so when he, when that senator tweeted it out, made it sound like he had said something that he didn't really say. Okay. We have to be careful that we don't do the same thing with scripture because we want it to say what we want it to say. We need to say, God, I want to take your full scripture. And I want to devour it. And I want it in my life. And I want it active in my life. And I want the power of God moving in me. And I don't want to leave any of it out. If you've got something in there for me, I need to be reading. I need to be studying. I need to be understanding it. So remember that when you read Scripture. Don't throw it away because, oh, oh well, you know, and, and don't try to. The Bible says not to, that we're not supposed to take away or add to. So don't do it. Now, I'm going to give you something that's really interesting it's it's going to be a kind of a word picture and it's about the tabernacle see all throughout when we look at when we look at the old testament and the new testament everything lines up a lot of people don't even want to use the old testament we're not under the law but Jesus is all through the Old Testament. Did you know the Holy Spirit is all in the Old Testament? There's the stories. So when you come into the tabernacle, when you would come into the tabernacle, first thing you would do is you would come to the altar where you would sacrifice, all right, where the blood would, would, would come out right there, all right? So what's, what happens when we come to salvation? We're covered by the blood of the lamb, right? This is amazing. And then... The next thing that you would come to is a, is a place where you would wash. What do we do after we come under the blood? We're baptized in water. But the third thing, before you entered the Holy of Holies, you were anointed with oil. Now today, when we anoint people with oil today, we put it on our finger, right? And we'll, some people like to put a cross on your head as they're praying for you, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. But when they anointed with oil back then, they dumped it on top of you. Now, here, here's, let me give you a little side note, something I, that, I, that I've learned. This is really neat. This is just a side note. This has nothing to do with my message, okay? So I'm gonna go right over here, just for a minute, okay? Because this is really neat. When, in, in, in Psalm chapter 23, he says, you anoint my head with oil. You know Psalm 23? Everybody knows Psalm 23? You anoint my head with oil. The, the shepherd would put oil on the head of their sheep because their heads would get caught in briars and stuff and also they would have these these uh bugs that would get in their face their nostrils their ears and stuff and bug them and they would they would almost they would just kill themselves pretty much by banging up against a rock because they couldn't do anything about it they're not like a dog right you know they can't they can't do this or a cat and and they would do that anyway it's just it's just a cool thing just when the lord uh, when the lord anoints you when he says that he is, is your shepherd and he does it, he's taking care of you, okay? And I believe he's taking care of us because the scripture that he gives us. And if we will take that scripture and we will say, man, God, this is for me. And we won't come in and we won't just say, hey, I, I went to church on Sunday morning. I went to Sunday school. I went to prayer meeting this week, had a good time. But if we come in and we say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm here, number one, to glorify God. I'm here to just lift him up in one mind and one accord. See, we like to put stipulations on it. Well, I'm here, and man, I'm not feeling good, so I'm here. So I can say I went to church. Instead of going, you know what? Lord, I'm here because of you. And I think of a story. Christy was in Africa, and this, this guy would come to come to this revival meeting, this meeting that they had in Africa. And I don't think Christy went to this meeting. I think it was a different one. But but anyway, he couldn't walk. So he would, however way he could drag himself, crawl, whatever he could get to get there. And it would take him a day or two to be able to get there. But he wanted to be there with God's people, worshiping God together, glorifying God together, and seeing what God would do in his life. So when we read this scripture on a daily basis and when we come together on a weekly and bi-weekly basis as a church body let's stop saying oh man you know this is something that i do instead say man this is god now what can you speak to me what can you do in my life today as i give back to you what can you do in my life today so i just want to give you an opportunity this morning we're going to we got a couple more weeks talking about this and we're going to get into to some of the uh some of the other stuff that we haven't talked about yet, like the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, those kind of things. And let me tell you something. It's not weird, it's not unusual, it's not crazy. I know you probably have heard or seen somebody who's weird, unusual, or crazy. They were already weird, unusual, or crazy, okay? I can guarantee you, all right? Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not force himself on you. I will not force anything on you ever. You know, I, I, was, I was talking to one of our members this morning about something that I talked to him about doing. I said, listen, I asked you, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell me what you want to do because I want you to do it because you're excited about it because you're passionate and that's what you want to do. The Holy Spirit's the same way. He will draw you and he wants to come into your life. He wants to baptize you. But, he, but you, it's up to you. It's not up to him he's not going to Jesus didn't force himself on you what he do he stretched his arms out and he died for you but he says you know what it's a good thing that I go away remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago it's a good thing that I go away because if I go away I could send the comforter to you and what John said what was recorded in four books was that we could be baptized with him that he that's what Jesus would do so I just want to give you the, the opportunity this morning, whatever need that you may have this morning, whatever desire that you have this morning, but you say, I just want to be prayed for this morning, whatever it is, maybe you're sick, maybe, maybe you want to be prayed pray for about the Baptist Holy Spirit, maybe you have a, a friend in your life that needs God and you want to stand in, there in, in place for them this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to step out and come up here and we'll pray. And that's okay. If you don't want to pray, nobody's making you. But I just want to give everybody an opportunity tonight, to, today, not tonight, today, before we leave. I want to give everybody an opportunity. If you want prayer, then we can pray for you this morning, okay? So if you'll do this,